everybody. Welcome back to the Make Trades Great Again podcast. Andy, we have a special guest today. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so our guest today, he uh, before we introduce him, we're going to see if anybody can guess who it is. I guess they're probably going to know because it's going to be in the title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be in the title. <laughs> see, we can't even do that game now. I, just, I thought I had this game in my head that was going to be really, really just quite fun and riveting, but... <laughs> Okay, let's just let the cat out of the bag. Let's welcome him to the show. First time caller, long time listener, Denver Baker. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. We're doing good. Denver, you own MD Heat and you are in, let me get this right, Traverse City, Michigan? Yep, I'm just outside of Traverse City, Michigan, about uh, 10 minutes outside of town. Um, I am in, my shop is in Kalkaska is where it's at, so a little um, outskirt area of Traverse City. I bet you somebody listening to this podcast lives in your town. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not, though. Probably not. Hey, yeah. man. Geez. No. <laughs> we got <laughs> listeners all over. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm guessing that somebody from your family or your shop is going to listen to this, I, so I think my statement was correct. That is correct, yeah. yeah. My one uh, my one guy that works with me, he was saying, let me know when you're recording and when it's going to go live and send me the link. I'll, I'll listen to it. So Yeah. Oh, uh, Andy, we met Denver online. We haven't met in person yet. Is that Or you guys haven't met, have you? Uh-uh. Nope, not yet. Nope. Uh, nope. Just, okay. Just, just on, the, on the IG and the Facebook and... House Call Pro and whoever, a handful of other places. That's so. right. We have that in common too. Yeah. We're all mm-hmm. we're HCP. All, we're all pros. Yeah. Yeah. We're right. HCP pros or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Exactly. That's going good for me though. I I'm love serious, it. Yeah. I love it. It's the best thing. Doing that has simplified everything from top to bottom for me, um, yeah. let alone texting uh, with customers. Yep. I, I always used to think that uh, back in the day, texting with a customer was inappropriate. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was more sense, you know, because I had girls in the office that would make the phone calls and we would call or we would text the girl in the office and say, Hey, we're on our way. And then they would call. Um, but you know, with texting the way it is now, um, a predominant conversation, you know, with me and my customers is through text. I remember when I changed my voicemail to to tell people text me. Text me. Yep. If you want to get a hold of me faster. Exactly. <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, that's really easy. <laughs> that's that, that that's easier." And then some people were like, "That's kind of weird. Like I've never." And I'm like, "Get over it." Yeah. And it's, that was like so much four faster. years ago. And now people are like, they don't. That it gets to the voicemail. You know, like the end of the call when they're calling you. Yep. Or you've like pushed it to that point on your end. Right. So they're either forced to listen to your message or hang up. They almost always just hang up and like a one minute later, hey, I um, need this done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 The one thing I've noticed with, and I, I'm in the process of changing this, I had two offices. Um, I had one in Elk Rapids, which is north of Traverse City. And then I have my shop that I'm in right now in Kalkaska, that's uh, east of Traverse City. And we had two phone numbers. So what'll happen oh. is the phones are directed to me. And so they'll call the first number that they still have. And then if I don't answer, then they hang up and they don't leave a voicemail. They immediately call the other number and then they, they just keep going and going and going until they get to somebody. And it's now I'm, I'm going to change it to where it says that same thing. Text me because yeah. I'm, I'm in, in the field. I can't answer all the time. 
Well, it, yeah, it's it's in, it's interesting to see that because I was the same way for a long time, and and right. so was my wife, you know, because she was for the last I mean, the last I guess what three four years now, right, has ran like all that logistics of you know handling and scheduling and and dealing with customers and and whatnot. She's handled that portion of it for us, and she's always you know ever pre HCP was like don't text. We don't right. want people texting us work work orders, so we don't want right. that. And largely, we still don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, and, I don't want that kind of stuff. And the, the I guess the biggest challenge we have with the text, I mean, I love the text communication, like, hey, I'm on my way, or can you send me a picture? Yep. You know, that kind of data transfer. But if you need something, please call. Right. Put a voicemail yeah. because exactly. we don't we don't have a, a backlog of 1,200 voicemails to listen to. Yeah. But if everybody started texting us, there might be a boatload of text messages that were just flat missing because there's no way to text. Well, and then the other thing too, that comes about with that. And I have a customer that's that he always does this. If he has an issue, he's been a long, long standing customer of mine. But when, when you start the process of texting with the customer, it opens up the door of, they can text you at any point in time that they want. Yeah. And, and so like I, his boiler was down and he texted me at four 30 in the morning (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'll be honest, I, I do the whole 24 hour service thing, but my phone is usually on silent at, at, when I'm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, you know, I'll, it's, it'll vibrate or something. And sometimes I'll wake up from it. But yeah, it, you open yourself up to and he's the type of texter that won't do one like long text. He'll do like 16 <sighs> of them in a row. And it. Oh, no, my right. gosh. I get that's, that's one way to get me yeah. mad. That's a hey, fire. Dude. That's a hey, fireable offense right there. Yeah. 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 Hey, dude. Yeah. My boiler doesn't work. Yeah. Are you awake? Yeah. All different messages. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Really? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I have a customer that's like that. And he's my age, too. I went to high school with him. Current customer or newer. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't want to talk about texting all day, although (laughs) it is fun. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned a minute ago you had two offices. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. So off air. Uh, you and I had talked and then we talked briefly, the three of us today already, but you had brought up, uh, kind of a little bit of your history with MD heat mm-hmm. and his MD, is it Mike in Denver? Is that, yeah, is that your that's dad's what, name? That, Mike? That's what, yeah. My dad's name is Mike. Yep. That's where that came about. Yeah. So you guys started MD heat way, way back, right? Yeah. So the way that everything happened with me, uh, my dad previously owned a company, uh, down in Kalamazoo, which is where we're originally from, which is, I know people can't see us, but down here. As far as obviously, I'm from Michigan, so obviously I'm way you know to do it with the, the map he's, that way. He's pointing to he's pointing to the south end of southwest Southwest Michigan, and so um, he had a very large company down there. He started that uh, when I was, uh, boy, I was eight years old, I believe I was, and uh, he had 52 employees. Um, so it was really big, um, non-union. Um, we have never been union or anything like that, but um, he did a ton of uh, new construction. When the housing market was booming, um, they were doing upwards of 300 homes a year. Um, So I started in that as far as getting my feet wet in his insulation company. He had Mike Baker Heating and Cooling, uh, Mike Baker Insulation, and then DeBaker Mechanical, which was in a a different town. Um, So he started that, got really big, um, ended up basically having to close the company down, um, went through a divorce. And so he ended up closing that, moved up to Traverse City, 
took a job with a heating contractor up here. I followed suit, came back up um, and started, uh, basically we started MD Heat. Uh, I came up in 2010, February 2010. We opened uh, May of 2010 for MD Heat and we've been going oh, ever wow. since. So, that was quick too. And did you, and so was it just the two of you when you started out or how yeah. did that Yep. So it, it was the two of us when uh, we started out, but it was just him primarily. Um, we did not have enough customers to, to support two full-time guys. Um, so I actually indirectly, what I did was I was a roofer. So I started heating and cooling when I was 13 years old, did that from 13 uh, till now, essentially off and on. And, um, so I ended up roofing because I could do, still be in the trades, essentially. Uh, roofing is horrible, by the way. My back still hurts from it. But um, So I would do roofs because I could work in the summertime on that. And then up here in Michigan, obviously, you guys are fully aware, it's cold. So we're really busy in the wintertime. And so I would actually be laid off from the roofing company I was a foreman at. And I would go back to heating and cooling. We built up the customer base that way uh, with me being just part-time. And then I fully went back uh, 100% with MD Heat in 2016. And oh, then, wow. So you did the roofing for a while. I did the, yeah, I did the, yeah, the roofing, I actually started that. Uh, when I moved up here in 2010, I kind of bounced around a couple jobs till 2012. And then I did that roofing from 12 to 16. And then ever since I've been back full-time with MD Heat doing my thing. You know what they say? The only thing higher than a roof is the roofer. The roofer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for us, though, I will tell you, the roofing company I worked for, they had very high standards. Um, and they would. it was sometimes detrimental because then we didn't have enough guys um, yeah. to get things done. Yeah. But they they were a very tight-knit company. They did, did It was a husband and wife team. And uh, that company had been around since 19, 1981. Um, they're still in business. I still talk wow. to them all the time. So very, very good people. Um, but yeah, that's comes with the trade as far as that for roofers. That's for sure. So it's 2016. You went full time. Yep. yep. At that point in time, did you you had built up your customer base? Yep. So you're six years into it, Andy. At six years, you had you're still you were hiring your first guy. Yeah. Right? Somewhere it might have been hiring the second guy. Second guy. Yeah. I think I hired the first Kyle. one at five and then hired the second one at, at around six. Sorry, I won't name any yeah. names. I didn't mean to. That's all right. Do we, it's all good. Sign a waiver. Out. No, I'm just kidding. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody long gone. Uh, yeah. It's just, I'm just being dumb. So you had a couple guys maybe around six-year mark. I'm still yeah. at zero guys. Uh, yep. bar- barely myself. You know what I mean? Like some days <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Um, Hard to and get him out of bed. Yeah, I'm 17 years in this. Mm-hmm, yeah, I want to say not quite, but um, well, I don't know. Maybe it is that long. Uh, but at that point, you started hiring, didn't you? I mean, isn't that kind of what you were saying in in our conversations before Denver? Is that you had? Yeah. So, uh, well, when I don't I, know. I, I guess I don't know the timeline exactly. Yeah. So when I came back uh, full time in 2016, my dad had hired a office girl had a showroom and had two employees. Um, and then on top of himself, uh, so two, two, uh, field techs, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, so then I came back in, um, and then from 2016 
I was strictly doing just what I'm doing right now, service and install. Um, and then I wanted to start building it up more and more and more and more. And uh, I took over the company 100% uh, 100% ownership in uh, about technically it was 2010. I was considered 100% ownership, but we changed it from an LLC to a uh, we're a, what are we a C we're a C corp now. Um, so I had to change that. Um, so that was in 2018 when we did that, and uh, I got it up to 13 total employees uh, between 18 and 20 or 21 somewhere in there. Um, I had 13 total employees. I had two two offices um, and a lot of headaches, essentially, is the biggest thing I would that say. That 13, how many of those were staff and, you know, administrative Yeah, staff? so I had two two girls. Uh, one girl was in the Elk Rapids office and one girl, which is actually my stepmom, um, she was in the Kilkaska office. And so I had those two girls and then I had the crews split. So I had a commercial crew. Uh, we used to do every single family dollar and Dollar Tree in the state of Michigan, all the new ones. Um, so we did every one of those. We would travel all over for it. Um, well, you got to go to the moon and stuff like because pretty much colonizing there. Open field. Yeah. There's like, oh, hey, this this open field where there's like two people yeah. in this town. It looks Let's like put a that freaking Dollar lot. Tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> plowed that parking lot. Oh, by the end of the day, it's gonna be a Dollar Tree. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we yeah. we had uh, we had the commercial crew and then we had two residential crews and so we would typically do, um, you know, every day would be an install for for the crews and whatnot and uh we were chugging along and and whatnot but it was a a sense of having to constantly make sure you can keep everybody busy and that means sometimes sacrificing profit uh sometimes sacrificing home time um and sometimes and i hate to say this but sacrificing quality of the installation sometimes um because these guys are you're, you're rushing them through half the time when it's that's not the way to do things it doesn't benefit. because you had too much work yeah, that, yeah more you, than yeah, you could handle exactly and you get you end up getting to a point where you're you're like oh you know let's just get in get out get to the next job and then that doesn't benefit you because then you know and we all know now with you know all this uh, online stuff a, a bad review can really kill you and so you, you're sacrificing that as far as a, re, a potential bad review the, the customer could potentially be unhappy um, and then you yourself are then going to dig into deeper into your profit margin because maybe you got to go back or something like that. But you're just you, it's a vicious cycle when you have that many people and you're, you're just trying to keep them busy, especially in my town. Um, I think that's the biggest thing here in my town is um, I'm, I'm not it's not a big city. Traverse City, you know, you think it's a big city, but um, we are almost predominantly just strictly um, vacation. It's, it's a vacation town. Um, okay. They call us, you know, like the Caribbean of the North kind of deal because our water up here is is darn near looks like the Caribbean um, as far as how it's like a turquoise color stuff like that. So we have the two big East Bay and West Bay. Um, so it's it's a humongously large uh, vacation town, but not a lot of those people are staying. They don't own homes and stuff like that. So you're doing anything right. and everything you can to keep your guys busy on on installs when those folks may not even own homes here. That's a tough kind of community to work in like, yeah, full time. It is. You know, I, I, I've, I'm lucky too where I live, where I can go 45 minutes north of me, which is not a long commute. Right. Uh, when you look at like metro areas and stuff, I'm talking rural area, but just 40 to 45 minutes. And 
I'm deep in the heart of like cabin country. Right. That just in that short distance. Right. Uh, I'm the people have cabins. It's kind of funny because people around me have cabin like come to my area and they own like a little vacation lake home. And I think it's funny because I live here and it's not like a community right. like that. Does that make sense? So like people yeah. are like, yeah, or a cabin. I'm like, where's your cabin? They're like, it's like five miles from my house. I'm like, exactly. It's funny too, because the, the, uh, if you look it up, you know, Torch Lake is like the big, big time. Like Eric Silva, he comes up here to Torch yeah. Lake quite a bit. I talk with him and whatnot. Um, but, uh, the, the homes, when people say they have their cabin, Right. And then, oh, we're going up to the cabin. It's a 10,000 square foot cabin. Um, yeah. And it's, well, yeah, there's that. Too. It's like, <laughs> come on, you serious right now? Like, oh, I need you to service my four furnaces here, blah, 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 blah. So right. I don't, we've we've built it up good with the, the maintenance thing as far as yeah. um, for the homeowners that are not here. Uh, the last two two days, the two installs that I've done, uh, the, the homeowners weren't there. Um, we would just get a code or we have uh, here in my shop. We have a key box. Uh, it's a safe, and every key is labeled. And we just have everybody's house key. Yeah, check we, out the key. Yep. And you just say, "Hey, I'm going to this one," and unlock it, lock it back up, take photos once you're done, and send it to the homeowner. Right on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the day and age of having keys. I was just going through some keys, and they're not labeled. Oh yeah. <laughs> like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I have, th- I have three keys I can't identify, and they're all just schlag locked, like residential. Right. And I'm just like. Son what of a hell. Yeah. You, I guess you, at least I can yeah. just put them on one ring. And then when I show up to each house, I'll be like, which one is it? You'd be like you the know? janitor at the school that just has it yeah. just dangling yeah. off the side. There's a gazillion uh, keys. They're going to be watching the in the ring doorbell. Like, what is this guy doing? Well, yeah. well he's got like 63 <laughs> keys. I know. What the yeah. f- <laughs> Well, that, that, Are they so, billing no, that's... me for this 15 minutes of trying to figure out the key? <laughs> he said he had a key. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> They are literally the reason why I was going through the keys was I was verifying that I had uh, a garage code. Yeah. And, you know, so you keep the you got to kind of be careful how you keep that kind of information. Right. And so but I, I was going through my my customer database on HCP and I was putting I was making sure that what was in my phone was in the database. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Yep. So in my contacts, I had this person's garage code. and I'm like. You know, maybe just it's never going to be a problem, but what if it is? So I put it, I took it out of my phone and I put it in House Call Pro instead, right? This is less likely to be an issue. And so then uh, I I was doing that and I'm like, well, you know, I have this a couple keys that I figured I actually have three or four keys that I don't have an identity, you know. Point being is there are there's a mix now of like either garage codes or people have smart locks, which I prefer over anything because they yeah. can unlock and lock and I don't even have to even like touch them. I love right. that. Yeah. And then then I have the keys and I want to get rid of the keys. So I was trying to figure out whose keys these are. Yep. I don't know. And I want to contact those people and be like, I want to give you your key back. Right. Or can I just throw it away? And then like, can you do something better than giving me a key? Is right, there internet? Right. But some cases there's not though. Yeah. You know, you get that hunting cabin that's like literally out in the middle of like, you know, well, yeah. 15th generation farm that was, you know, and somebody yeah, right. put a shop up there and they're like, that's our hunting shop, you know, and they don't have internet. So I, yeah. Like, okay, I've got to go on Monday to give an estimate for a Navian uh, for a tankless. 
And I, I asked the guy, so what's the address? And he's like, well, it doesn't really have an address. He's like, you're going, yeah. you're going to get, it's in a town called Alba. You're going to be at this intersection, go to the airport. It's like a, it's a strip of, yeah. you know, like grass that planes land on. And he's like, you're going to be, yep. go halfway down. It's a mile long, long runway. You're right in the middle on the North side. You'll see the cabin in the woods. The key is under this rock, under this rock, blah, blah, blah. It's oh like, what the hell, dude? Can you pin drop this? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we have a good mixture here. We have the the homes that are, you know, just these multi, you know, mansion, multi-millionaire mansion type things. And then we have just a hole in the wall type thing that's in the middle of the woods that, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's a weird mixture here for sure. When, when we were transitioning over to house call pro a year ago, um, (laughs) we were, I was going through some, some contact info that I had in. Um, the invoicing software that we used before that came up and flagged as an error. Right. Right. In the, in your, my tramp migration and I'm looking at it and it's similar thing, you know, it was like, well, go on six mile road and go, you know, 11.3 miles and then turn at the red barn. (laughs) And then at the old hay wagon, turn to the right and follow that for six miles through the, through the meadow. And, you know, we get some of these places that'll be, that'll cross in and out of like, uh, like federal land. Okay. So you'll have like U.S. Forest Service. So you'll drive on a Forest Service road for 12 miles, and then you're going to turn off of that onto another Forest Service road, and then you end up in this like cluster of private land. Yeah, that was some sort of land trade in the 60s, you know, and right, right in the middle. There's everything. Yeah, house out there. Freaking 1860s, apparently. (laughs) Some of it. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a video. Montana is a big old place. That's all there's to it. Yeah, I got got a buddy. I got a buddy that's building a house out there in Montana right now, and uh, he's doing it himself. And uh, it's a pretty area there where he's at. But there's no, you know, he just bought bought the land essentially, and there's no running water. And it's like the way he's describing it is like a old western that you'd see like clint eastwood or jeremiah johnson going on thing and he's he's like well the guy blocked off the water so it couldn't come down the mountain and i couldn't get it into my reservoir area and so we had to go up there and had the police come out and everything but it it just sounded like a a very different experience than what i'm used to you know i mean it's not that way everywhere right but the the number of instances where somebody has uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to call it settled because that's mm-hmm. what they did right at the end of some gully or something like that and said, <laughs> Hey, I'm, I, I did my mining claim here when I was in my twenties and here's my mining claim. And it's, it's like some of it, you just go, wait, wait really? You've, yeah. you've literally lived at the end of the, the gully here by yourself for 60 years mm-hmm. yeah, and you go to town once you know twice a month still. a month yeah exactly yeah you're like you what yeah he's, <laughs> there's there's people that are doing it it's like you know yeah. we're not in the klondike no exactly <laughs> where, where he's at he's in uh, it, uh big sky if uh, yeah big sky montana he's yeah, always, down by bozeman something sheep sheep something i can't remember something about sheep of course it is uh, I don't, yeah exactly <laughs> so, yep. of course it is yeah. there's a lot, oh, lot of sheep down there yeah tons of sheep yeah. Uh, is he single? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So hold on, hold on. We're off we, track. Uh, we are off track. <laughs> we are off the rails. This is like a steamship. Oh man. Um, we're moving slowly back toward the direction we started. Yes. So it's 2018, 2019. You're growing. You got yep. 13 yep. people 
in the MD staff, including yourself, right? Correct. That included myself. Yes. Yeah. And you're out there trying to find work basically at this point and everything is challenging because you've got a ton of work, but I mean, find work, meaning like make sure everybody's busy. And that, that's really like, that's the biggest the thing, biggest takeaway, isn't it? Yeah. At that point. Yeah. At that point, you're, you know, what I was doing was just trying to make sure that you know, cause I don't want, I, I am the type of guy that does not want to be like, even if I don't have a job to, to, to send somebody to that day, I'm not going to be like, just stay home. I'm not paying you. Um, okay. I'll find something right. else to do. Like, um, let's clean organize the shop. Van yeah. Let's organize the vans. Let's organize our trailer. Um, let's, uh, redo the, the showroom or something like that. Um, right. you know, and I still have a showroom here, uh, where I'm at now, but I don't really, um, stock it like I used to after COVID showrooms, especially for heating and cooling. It, I mean, yeah. it, pointless, absolutely pointless. I had two of them and it was great when we, when it was open, but they're pointless now. But yeah, I was just trying to keep everybody busy and just as far as doing that, you're, you know, where you'd have a standard install would, where it would be an X amount of dollars. And it's like, okay, well, where, where do I got to go to make sure I get the job in terms of how much do I have to drop the price just to make this customer go with me and, you know, still try to maintain a profit as far as. Cause you needed a job for that crew for that, that crew to go to next yeah. week sometime. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, you know, on our commercial end, it was easy. Uh, as far as that for, like I said, we did every family dollar and dollar tree, um, in Michigan. And it was, we were doing it for a company out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we had set prices. It was always a six week job and they would just give us a timeline of how many stores they were going to open. And we just basically had the contract for it. We d- it got to a point where we didn't even really have to bid on it because it was so cookie cutter the same. Sometimes it would be, you know, it would change and we'd have to do something different. Um, and, and we'd bid that out. Uh, but for the most part, it was all always the same scenario. And so those were easy. I didn't have to worry about that. I could keep that crew going, but then in that sense, okay. So then, now I'm taking myself away from home to then go do those jobs, whether I have to help on it for a day or two or something like that. Well, then I'm now I'm going three hours away from home base. And if something goes wrong, nobody's there to actually, you know, correct it or something like that. Or if a customer. has, Yeah, a but then also COVID happens True. and construction at that point. I mean, yep. we all know what happened when COVID, yep. you know, ramped up. But first, you know basically the first year or six months, let's say of COVID, it was kind of service only. Right. Yeah. Right? Because people were like, well, wait a minute. I mean, first days and weeks were like, I don't even know if sh- I want people in yeah, my house. Can we that even go anywhere? Yeah. 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 I had, a- so you had install crews, right? How did you handle that? So those guys, they, when, when that whole thing, when we shut down, when uh, Whitmer shut everything down, uh, as far as saying, you know, you can't go go out anywhere besides essential stuff. Um, install crews, then effectively we did have to lay them off. They just went on unemployment and then we just told them as needed, we will call you. Um, yeah. The one, one thing that kind of stunk uh, for one of my guys, uh, he's just no longer with me. He actually moved back to his home state of Illinois. Um, he was my service tech. Um, he, when he started working for me, he did not have enough hours to qualify for unemployment. Um, so when we lay, we had to lay him off basically and tell him, Hey, you know, I don't know what we can do for you. So we ended up, um, we took his wage and we doubled it. And so 
anytime he did have to take a call, um, then he'd get double his wage. Um, so he went upwards of like 55 or something an hour. Um, and so from there, maybe it was like 40 an hour or something. I can't remember where it was at. Anyways, we doubled his wage, uh, somewhere between 40 to 40 and 50. And so when he ran a call, he would at least kind of make out okay as far as that goes. And we'd find like little piddly stuff to put him on and stuff like that because he didn't qualify for unemployment. But everybody else, they, they went on unemployment until yeah. they started relaxing restrictions a little bit. And, you know, some stuff you got to change the people's equipment out and you had to do what you had to do kind of deal. So, yeah. No, that was, I was, uh, I'm glad we didn't end up that way. Um, the Montana governor was not, they were definitely not a, Hey, you, everybody stay home thing. Yeah. You know, there was this whole essential services thing around the country, but right. Largely. I mean, I, I mean, stores were closed and all that stuff, but we didn't, we took like a week and a half Mm -hmm. where, I mean, I think I had, I'm, I'm plus one from where I was at there then in 2020. And, uh, I mean, we spent like a week and a half. I don't know. It wasn't even that. I think I sent the guys home on like a, a Thursday or something like that because we were well. I was supposed to go meet Eric in London. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that didn't probably didn't happen, did it? No. Well, Eric, yeah, Eric, there's a story. Yeah. There's a story there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we didn't uh, didn't go, and so spring break was right there. So we ended yeah. up um, doing our spring break thing, and and when I when we came home was when it really set in. Yeah. And we're talking like literally the first days, like, yep, right. The yeah. first 10 days of, 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 of like, yeah, yeah. Trump Shutdown. was on the TV saying, Everybody come home if you're not here already, right. kind of thing, right? That's when he's talking about, yeah, yeah, okay. And I gotcha. So, we, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we ended up, like, say, had, had a couple of days where we spent in the shop, you know, trying to figure out what was going on, yep. And the phone just went like, like flip a light switch like we weren't our phone was disconnected yeah yeah and i was like oh this is oh. kind of wow yeah i mean this goes back to the episode here you know f- that we talked about a few weeks ago eric about you know like having you know when when can, how can you afford to hire a guy yeah you right know, having that little bit of bank money set aside and i was like well you know what this this is what we've always said we had the money for and right. you know paid the guys to stick stick around and mm-hmm. it was you know, like say about a, about a week into that, I'm going, huh? And then it was just from that point till now, it's just been uphill since. Yeah. So it's been it started a lot. Slow. I mean, it wasn't like it. Well, I mean, it it took a little while to heat up. It did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't see anything for on our end. We were off for as far as our install crews. They were off for a good month. Um, as far as because people were so heavily um, nervous about it yeah they didn't know what was going to happen and so um yeah we we for a month basically didn't really do many installs at all it was just strictly Mm -hmm. service um i rebuilt a boat during that time so that was kind of fun as far as having that well but but that uh, was also something also big happened maybe either at that time or very shortly after in your life right which kind of was a little bit of an impetus to to make some changes exactly yeah yeah my wife and i we had our daughter um and we had her during covid what a weird experience that was too though because of going not even knowing if i was going to be able to be in the delivery room as far as that and my wife and i we've been married uh since 2010 we've been together since uh, 2008 um we had to go through infertility treatments to actually have our daughter and uh we you know now she's two 
Um, but yeah, that was weird as far as that, as far as going through the whole thing, like, uh, sir, you, you're not going to be able to be in the room and to, okay, now you're going to be in the, in the room. But what was funny is they, they did the whole thing of making you wear a mask while you're in there. And so yeah. when I, when I was in the, the chair, you know, to the side of the bed, the nurse would come in the first nurse and I, I put my mask up and yeah. she's instantly like, Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Just, you can put it down. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no big <laughs> and every other yeah. nurse after that was the same way. The only person that was really adamant about me wearing it was uh, the cleaning lady. But anyways, yeah. So we had, had our daughter and then that's where things kind of a light bulb for me uh, more or less went off in terms of, I, I don't really want to have this gigantic company um, where I'm tied to it. 20. I mean, I'm always going to be tied to the company, um, but I just have to have a way of managing it so I can be yeah. home a little bit better. Yeah. I think that's, you know, of course, like I said, I've said it many times, people listen, no, I, I don't have that experience. I've worked for those companies though. And I've, I'd like to say that I at least can observe and understand enough and talk, get to know you guys and friends and, and, and family around the different industries and stuff. There's got to be a point which everybody has a little bit of that. Like, do I want to keep doing this this right. way? Yeah. Whether they're having issues or not. Right. Right. Exactly. And I mean, you can look at it from a standpoint of you can and, and people say it all the time. It's like those people you see on the TV shows that talk about they win the lottery, you know, and they're like, oh, you get all this money. And and then it turns out, well, that doesn't really make you all that happy. Um, you, you can be the richest person in the world with only having twenty five dollars in your bank account. Um, and so in terms of your friends, your family and, and things like that, and life experiences. And so I just look at it from a standpoint of managing expectations in terms of what you're expecting on both ends of the spectrum. If you're going to be this big giant company, um, great. And you have all this money. Awesome. Your home life might suck. Um, but you also could have a home life where you're home every night, um, you're not, maybe you're not taking every single job that, you know, comes across your, your doorstep because you don't necessarily have to do that. You know, I've, I've kind of switched things and, and done a little fork in the road where I, I focus more now on a quality install that might take me longer. Um, and in turn, it might, you know, as far as the, the price point might be a little bit different because my labor is going to be more intensive on it because I'm on there longer. But, um, at the end of the day, I'm not having to jump from job to job to job to job to job to job just to stay busy kind of deal. So, and I'm not away from home 24 seven. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, uh, where, where we're at right now, you know, having three guys and myself, um, I've recently pulled out of the field except two days. So Monday, right. Tuesday is my days in the field and, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is office and, you know, and I sometimes look look at that and go, God, that's pretty gravy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's like I get to choose that, but it's like the same thing. You do, you got to make that sacrifice and say, okay, this is what I have to do in order to you know keep this this mental game up, right? Yeah, um, because I was at that point where it was like, you know, well, Thursday, Friday, and then we would look at jobs on Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. and so then it was like, well, I'm going to go out and look at five jobs. And by the time I get back in the office, I could create or could finish two or three, um, yeah, you know, no. project designs. Right. <laughs> well, I, I just, you know, doubled my workload exactly. every week. Every week. And yep. then, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then every, so, you know, you get Cheryl's getting the calls from the customers going, Hey, you know, your husband was out and looked at this job, like, you know, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Is yeah. he going to send me a quote? Yeah, where's and the quote? And you've forgotten it's... about it basically yep. at that well, point, mentally at least. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like you're not sitting there going, I should do that, you know. Exactly. I knew it had to be done. Yeah, but exactly. But like I could look at my house call pro right now and there's 19 estimates that I need to finish. I'm in the same boat That's right an ins- <laughs> That's that's like an – and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't get anything done. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and then you go back and you go, well, what is the reason for looking at these jobs? Yeah. Are, are we doing this because this is a, a profitable job that we want to go do, or are we right. doing this because we just need the work? All, I, all I'm worried about is putting filling the holes. Yeah. See, you know, you know we need to not today, not right now. Yeah. We're gonna start wrapping this up, but we need to talk about that in Denver. You need to be on for that episode. Yeah. We talked about this a while ago. And I kind of proposed this idea where you got to find the right customer or you yeah. might, or the other converse of that would be like, are you the right contractor for your customer? Right. And it kind of plays into this whole, what do I, why am I doing this job? Yeah. Am I just trying to keep busy? Am I going to make good money? Is this the kind of work yeah. we want to do? Cause those are the things that we, Andy and I talked about and that it's just weird to talk about that. Like, yeah. like you're better than this or you don't want this cause you want that kind of scenario, right. but it plays into what you guys are talking about. Yeah. And so you, you had your, your daughter, and you reassessed everything. You're like, look, I don't, you know, forget, forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but just yep. tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I don't want to keep going at this pace because now I've got this, I've got a different, my priorities have changed now. Exactly. So you've had this, your daughter, and you said, you know, my priorities are a little bit different. Yep. You're in the midst of like, you had your, most of your people back working, but we're, you know, it's it's looking like it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Exactly. So how did you make that decision? Like, like ultimately, in the time frame of like what we've just, you know, what I've just framed there. Yep. Like, we're in COVID. I, all three of us, we can say this is a factual statement. We've never been busier. Yeah, I right? was. As I was. As, oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, per roof. person, like per scale, right? Yep. And so, like, you could get rid of all your guys. You're still just as busy as you ever were. Exactly. Or you could put five more on. And, you know, because at the time, or at least it's a little different today than it was, you know, six months ago or a year ago. But it's so busy. How did you make that decision to say, I'm not going to be big anymore? Like, what did you have to do ultimately? Yeah. So the, you know, my biggest year um, to date, uh, and like I said, we've been in business since 2010, but my biggest year was COVID. Um, as far as a profit and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, it, we made a boatload of money that year and it kind of stemmed from that point in terms of my dad was wanting to essentially fully 100% get away from the company, um, and not be involved in any way, shape or form anymore. Um, he still is, I, uh, now, um, he helps me out part time on jobs. Like if I if I got to get something out of a basement and I need a hand with lifting something, he'll help me out or something like that. Um, he currently goes away in uh, to Arizona in the in the winters and stuff like that. So, um, but it stemmed from him wanting to completely get out of it, and it was like, okay, well, if he leaves, then I have to one hundred percent manage now the commercial crew because that's what he was kind of doing is managing those 
that crew of two guys or three guys. And then I had the two residential crews and it was like, okay, well, one, I'm not going to do this commercial stuff because I'm not traveling four hours away for a, right. you know, a week at a time um, on these projects. So that's where it started. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed. Um, I had a couple guys that left for, um, which everybody seems to be doing. That's like the popular thing now to jump for a dollar here, a dollar there kind of stuff, even though you get treated great at the company you're at. Um, but you know, no, no fault to them, but they had two guys that ended up leaving, um, and then took on some more guys. And then it was like, okay, now I'm training all these guys. So now I'm back in the field. It's like, why am I, I could just do this myself in half the time. And I'll be home by three thirty or something like that, you know, as far as doing a full change out and I'm home and it's a good quality install and everything is, everybody's, you know, happy and it's good. And so that's kind of where it started in my head as far as, you know, my dad left commercial crew. I ended up basically saying, Hey, we're done with that. I'm not traveling. And then it just kind of snowballed into where it's at now. So I, I slowly dwindled it from, two, two residential crews and one commercial crew with two, two full-time service techs as well. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you have to have uh, one service tech per crew as far as install crew. Um, I, that's how I got started in this industry as far as the service tech works and keeps the install guy busy. You can't depend on the sales guy. I don't like that slimy sales pitch type stuff where we're here, we're in your own, we're going to bring out all these, you know, freaking billboards and yeah. you know, all that stuff. So I've always been the type where the service tech drives the sales um, in, in terms of this, this area and this market, um, not from a standpoint of commission sales. I've never done commission for anybody. Not, um, we'll give a guy a commission if he sells a furnace, but it's, it's peanuts kind of deal. Um, they get a good hourly wage. They get good health benefits, all that stuff. And so um, we ended up going from the, the one commercial to residential, got rid of commercial, uh, and then slowly got rid of the one residential. And then basically where we're at now, as far as me, one other guy, part-time guy, stuff is falling in the shop over there. And <laughs> Something just failed off. And then, uh, yeah, that's where, what it was. That's where we're at now. <laughs> That's and it's a, been it's and, been good. Andy's got ghosts. He does. Andy yep. has ghosts in his office there. Well, no, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, believe it or not, it's not something I've talked about yet on the on the show here, but it got brought up a few different times over the last couple of months, and it's mm-hmm. my hair didn't stand up on my neck when it when I started talking about it. I didn't immediately like bust out into hives, but I've talked about hiring somebody. Yeah. And it's gonna be for Andy's favorite plumbing related activity but uh i might be putting a you know i'm probably putting the cart before the horse here but i might be putting a van on the road and outfitted just simply for drain drain cleaning cleaning. yeah and because i've listened to you i've listened to other friends that are very you know have insight and experience in this whole scenario and not getting too big too fast obviously that's not my scenario by any means yeah but I'm looking at expanding and very pragmatic look at it is this is what I think is probably the best for business. Right. right. Because I can control it. Yep. I can 
I can look at the, my experience with it since COVID happened that, that first couple of weeks when the phone stopped ringing, that's when I started doing it like officially. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And since that point, I'm like, man, there's money to be made in this industry. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, recently, more recently thought like, this is, I think how my business moves forward, not abandoning what I'm doing by any means. Right. Uh, we're doing fine. We're doing great. We, we love how everything works out the way it is, we've set it up. But I think if if I leave town, travel, do the mechanical hub thing, this is this is a sector of this is a, a part of the business that really just never goes away. Right. The right. heating stuff is always going to be there if it's heating season. I get that. Yep. But there is so much competition, so much competition for that. If I don't answer my call, they've already called three other people, exactly, right? So exactly. like yeah. the drain stuff, I think I can have somebody here and I can have them, you know, let them, I don't know, the sky's the limit, basically. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm not going to make the mistake of, you know getting too big obviously yeah that's that should be obvious well and that's but. where you see a lot of those younger guys on uh and i'm i'm in that category i'm, I'm only 34 um a lot of these younger hotshot guys who you know everybody thinks that they can do anything just with a, a universal epa card it seems like and so right. these guys they think that they can do anything and everything and it it never works out it just never does and so right. You have to be able to just manage expectations always, you always. And you have to, you have to, uh, it's not just for your company, it's for your customer as well. Yeah. Um, I, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I feel like one of the things the the common things that I keep coming back to over the years of, you know, going to the, going to a seminar or learning about business is <clears throat> that not everything applies in every demographic area. Exactly. You know, you, you've got to, I mean, like Eric saying, you know, there's so much competition in your heating market and that you almost have to look at it and go, well, that's a unique thing to my area, mm-hmm. um, you know, where your area has fewer drain cleaners. Otherwise the drain cleaning might not be quite as lucrative. Right. You know, if there was 75 drain cleaning companies in Elk River, right. There wouldn't be a demand for it. Right. You know, you'd just pick up everybody and kind of like what Denver's saying is, you know, in his area, there's a, a, you know, a number of heating companies that are there to pick up any, you know, snatch up anything that somebody misses. Right. Um, and one, I mean, that's something that I've, I guess we've noticed here lately is we've had three or four companies in our area, service companies that have quit doing what I do. Right. And all of a sudden we're like inundated with, you know, like all of this, all of their work, all of their customers, their lifelong customers. Yep. Um, it's, it's really weird. I mean, so the company that I used to work for 14 years ago, mm-hmm. 13 years ago, um, quit doing service last, last fall. Wow. Right. They're just done yeah. They're They were at one point, you know, a 60 man shop, um, you know, doing lots of commercial, lots of industrial, you know, and, and residentials, you know, mm-hmm. some high end custom stuff. And they, you know, lost a service tech. They lost me 10, you know, 10 years ago, um, found a couple other guys have been in and out. And they ended up losing two techs in a short period of time. Right. And they didn't really have, you know, that they, they had a couple, had a couple of techs and they were like, you know what? No, we're done with service. Mm-hmm. 
And it was, <laughs> it was, I, I still haven't quite that's wrapped wild. my head around well, and it, like it, how you, it, how you that's get where to the that. money. It's, it is where the yeah. money is. And well, and it's the same thing too, though, as far as like going back to a regional situation. And that's a, a, a whole thing that goes into managing what you can do as a, as a company, because yeah. what ends up happening is like my, like I was saying, my area where I'm at is predominantly vacation homes. And so there's not people here all the time. So if you're wanting to do all these change outs and all this work and service and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have to. It's so ex- seasonal. Yeah. You're going to have to expand further and further away from home base yep. because yep. it's, it's so up and down. So you, you end up over promising and under delivering to a customer because you right. have a gazillion guys and then you're like, Oh, Hey, yeah, we can do that. Blah, 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 blah. But then what happens when all the jobs dry up because everybody went South for the winter, you know? So then it's like, okay, well now you got all these guys that you just, hired because you got too big too quick and now you're screwed well and that's yeah let's uh yeah that's where you either have to make the decision in you know five years ago it was well i guess i'll just lay them off right today that yeah well today i mean can you right because are you ever going to get them back exactly that was a worry five years ago too but it's different it's different now yeah yeah all right, guys. Well, we are coming up on the way too long mark. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been a cool conversation, Denver. Thanks so yeah, much for sure. coming on. Thank it's you guys cool for having to learn. me. I, great perspective, really. Just the idea that, you know, do you want to get too big or what are the reasons you want to be big and, and kind of what you deal with it. And, yeah. and I I appreciate it. I really do. I yeah, think people sure. are going to you know, like this one. Andy, what, yeah. what fell on your floor behind you? I have no idea. I haven't turned around to look yet. It, it <laughs> didn't that, sound heavy. It, I think it was uh, one of my sound tiles. I think oh, okay. Must have okay. popped off the wall and hit the metal trim. <laughs> but it scared, right. scared the hell out of me because I was like, whoa. One episode you had <laughs> an air compressor there. starting. Now you got stuff falling off the walls. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, Pick up Andy Day. Uh, hey, at least Andy. One A's. At least Andy really talk, just... talked a lot more when, when with this episode as far as every time there's a guest on, it seems like he's quiet. Hey, are you yeah. saying I talk too much? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, totally I, I, I tend to talk quite a bit, too, it seems like. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You talked a lot. I am a gabber. Yeah, I definitely gabber. (laughs) I'm hitting stop right now, guys. Have a good one. All right, see you. Don't go anywhere, Denver. Nope. (laughs)